0: you for tuning into the Livestream Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So let us just prepare our hearts and get ready to listen. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. I just want to quickly turn our attention to 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 9 through 12 and I can go ahead and read it really quick and the word of the Lord came what are you doing here Elijah he replied I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty the Israelites have rejected your covenant broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too the Lord said, "Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by." Then a great and powerful wind tore through the, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he put his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Um, I just want to say a quick word of prayer before we go into the word. Dear God, we want to thank you for this time, even though we are few in number. God, we know that your presence is still here. And we believe, God, as our hearts are open and our minds are open, that you are ready to speak to us through your word, God. I pray that you would teach us to remember, Lord, that there is no sweeter word that we can hear than from your scriptures, Lord. And I pray that you would make us attentive and that you would make us receptive. And Lord God, that we would be thirsty and hungry to hear from you, Jesus. We just give ourselves into your hands. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, So who remembers what we talked about last week? Go ahead. We talked about falling in love with Jesus, right? last Sunday (laughs) not not the last time no last Sunday we were talking about falling in love with Jesus and from what dad just said home group prayer what was it about right and so when I was preparing myself for today I was thinking okay God what do you want to speak to your church um and immediately my my mind went to the topic of intimacy and, and having conversation with God um And I know hearing from God is a very common topic. As Christians, it's common sense, right? You pray, you talk to God. Um, We all know about it. But one thing that the Spirit of God really um, stirred up in my heart is that it comes to a point where we do Christianity so much that we lose the emotion behind the action, right? We come to church every Sunday. We go to home group prayer. We read our Bible. We sing songs. We pray. But where is the emotion And God was saying, remember the days of the Garden of Eden, right? When he first created everything, everything was new and fresh. There was life. And he wanted fellowship with his children. He wanted fellowship with Adam and Eve. And since then, until this day, God wanted community. He wanted intimacy. He wanted relationship. And so God is just asking us this morning to remember. Remember what it feels like to love for the first time. Right. Like we talked about last week for some of us, we you know, some of you, you're already married. So you already know what it feels like to love, you know, your significant other. For me, the love that I know is maybe, you know, to my family, to my friends, you know, meeting a new friend for the first time and thinking, wow, they're so great. I want to talk to them for hours and hours and hours. Right. So in this place, you know, in that place in the Garden of Eden, God was reminding me there are some things that he wants to bring to life in our life right now. Some things that have been put to death because we have been ignorant of the emotion that is not there anymore. Amen? So a few weeks ago, um, Jessica and myself, we went to Atlanta for a conference. And the topic of the conference was learning to hear from the voice of God. And I'll be completely honest. I went into that conference thinking, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of expectation really. Because for some reason, I feel like we all do religion so much That when we think about hearing the voice of God, we're thinking about this man in a deep voice saying, hello, Joanna, this is, you know, like, we make it so dramatic. You know, we make it so, you know, surreal. And so I went to that conference not really knowing what to think. But let me tell you, after a few days just being in the presence of God, I realized how much more complicated I made it, right? God is so desperately, desperately, desperately wanting to talk to you. Right? And it does not have to be that you open this book to read a scripture and you're like, wow, I needed that scripture. That's one way. God will speak to you through the word. We might be singing songs and you read the lyrics and you're probably thinking, wow, I needed those lyrics, right? That was a powerful lyric I needed for what I'm going through. But let me tell you something. Let me encourage you in something. When you seek the Holy Spirit and when you ask Him, Holy Spirit, speak to me, if you would just take a moment to Remove everything else from your mind. Just like the scripture we read, he will speak to you in a gentle whisper. You have just got to empty yourself of the things of this world. Because if you're too focused on school, if you're too focused on work, you are not gonna hear the voice of God. Because those are things of the world, and there's that scripture, right? Fix your mind on things above and not on things of this world. Amen? So... Um, so when we went to that conference, I sat there and I asked God, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not having constant communication with you? Why am I not hearing anything? And immediately what God said to me is you talk too much. And I was like, what, what you talk too much. And he was like, yeah, you talk way too much. So just think with me for a second. When you take time to pray to God, right? We say, dear God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for all your blessings. Uh, I pray for this need, this need, this need. These are all my issues Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we walk away. So let me ask you, where is the chance for God to talk? Do we we leave that room there? We say everything we want to say and we leave. And suddenly God is just standing there going, okay, bye. (laughs) You know, he didn't get a chance to tell us anything. And here's what's even crazier. We say these prayers and for months and years, we don't hear an answer because we're not giving the chance for God to talk because he, he holds every answer in the palm of his hand. He holds every healing and victory in the palm of his hand. He is just asking for the opportunity for us to open our hearts and open our minds for him to speak, right? Because I believe when he speaks, everything changes. It just takes that opportunity for him to speak into our lives amen the key thing to keep to remember is to keep our minds open a lot of times we're very distracted i want to come back to this point of religion right we all come from different denominations and let me i'll be completely honest with you i don't believe in denomination i do not believe someone tell me where in the bible it talks about denomination because if you can find that for me hey i'll 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 believe you but I don't see that in the Bible. I believe that there's one God. I believe that there's one book that we follow. I believe that there's one faith, one love, one joy. So we are so busy wearing the glasses of religion and reading through the scripture and picking out the things that we enjoy. We're thinking, wow, that's so great, let's do it. But there's so much in the scripture that we're missing out on just because of religion, just because I say, okay, I'm, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Catholic, I'm Presbyterian, I'm this, I'm that. And God is just saying, I just want my people to call on my name, to humble themselves and pray and turn from their ways. And his promise then is that he will restore our land. He will heal our people, right? So there's some things in our life that in order to hear from God, we need to remove. And I believe when we remove religion, God exposes intimacy, right? And I, I see religion like calluses. Do you know, Do you all know what calluses are? When you use parts of your skin for a long time, they become really hard. They become really tough. And then for instance, for, for me, also for dad probably, when we play guitar so much, the tips of our fingers right here are hard and you don't feel anything. So initially when we started playing guitar, it would hurt really bad, okay? And we couldn't play for a long period of time. But now we can play for 30 minutes to an hour. It doesn't there's no pain there. And so that's essentially what religion does. We come to church. I was born into Christianity. I've been coming to church from the beginning of time. Right? From the time I was born, I was in, I was dedicated into the church, I was baptized, I I proclaimed my salvation. So what happens a lot of times is that we become so comfortable. Every Sunday I come to church, I say my prayers and the and the feeling is gone. It's numb. I don't feel it anymore. When I sing these songs, I sing it because I like to sing. I don't I, my heart isn't feeling anything, right? And God is asking us this morning, child, take away, remove religion, remove your agenda, because when you put, put aside those things and just come to me as you are, I'm here to speak to you. I'm here to transform things in your life. Amen. One thing, another thing I also truly, truly believe is that breakthrough is found in our conversation because there, I don't know about you, but there are things I won't talk to any soul about. Maybe because it's of my, because of my shame, maybe because of my fear, but I'm afraid to talk to people about it because what will they say? What will they think? And let me encourage you in this, God, he is not too holy to understand your flaws Okay, I want you to follow. He is holy. Don't get me wrong. He, is the ho- he, he resides in the holy of holies. He's majestic. He is worthy. But he also understands our flaws. From the moment Adam and Eve ate that fruit, he, immediately he knew. This is what's wrong. These are the things they're going to fall in. And so I want to encourage you. The things that you cannot tell people, you have to be brutally honest with God. What's sad is we come and we say prayers as if we are the most pure, incredible people in the world. But it's not true. It's not true. If I, if I you know, let's just say, like, kids here in America, right, they drink, they do drugs. And, and the most encouraging thing that I saw on campus, we have a ministry. And we, what we do is we try to invite anyone. It doesn't matter if you're Christian, not Christian, come. We have dinner together, and then we, have, we study the word. And there was this one girl that came in, and after worship, we noticed that she was in the corner just crying. I was like, you know, what's what's happening? We can't just ignore her. We're, you know, we're trying to encourage these people to come to church and stuff. So we encouraged her. We said, you know, is there something we can pray, pray about? And she just keeps crying, and a few minutes later, she says, um, I had recovered from my addiction from drugs, and just last week, I relapsed. I started using drugs again. And for that moment, I th- thought about a couple of things. Number one, I would never tell anyone that. Because then what would they think about me? Right? In church, I would never say that. I would never say that I had, I did drugs last week. Because all of you would look at me and be like, oh, God. Joanna's, you know, she's lost now. There's no way, no getting her back. But this girl is being so vulnerable to tell us that. And immediately all of us just surrounded her and prayed over her. And, you know, we have a group chat and we like send her uh, verses and encouragement as much as we can. And so what I'm trying to say is God is longing just to hear you confess things. It can be good. It can be bad. It can be ugly. He just wants you to confess it. He will not condemn you. He will never condemn you because before, of course, before the cross, we read about some stories in the Old Testament. People die. People suffer because of it. But God is extending to us now grace and grace in abundance. It never runs out. So when we enter into a place of prayer to have conversation with him, Jesus is saying, tell me everything. Tell me about your day. Did you get angry at some point? Did you get hurt at some point? Because he, he has a heart. I believe God has a heart. So when you cry, his heart also cries with you. When you get frustrated, he's that father that's going to sit next to you, rub your back, and tell you, hey, it's okay. Right? He's not going to condemn you for messing up. He just wants to talk to you. And I believe that conversation, again, is the place of breakthrough and revival in our lives. Um, a few weeks ago during worship, I had mentioned the word beckoning. Do you all remember what that means? It, the, it's, a, it's a verb. It's an action verb. And it's, it's drawing people in. So let's just say, for example, I'm standing here and I see a friend of mine walk in. It's a large room, crowded, but I see her from across the room. Immediately, I'll start beckoning her. I'll say, hey, come over here. I want to talk to you. Come here. Right? We invite them over to come sit next to us or stand with us. And we start talking about everything, right? Because we're, we're wanting them to know about our lives. We want to know about their lives. And what I want to encourage you again today is that God is beckoning us every single moment. And what's sad is because we live in the world, the devil will try to tempt us in our free time. Hey, I'm guilty of it. I watch like YouTube videos and things when I'm free. But God is saying, when you have that spare time, I want to talk to you. We all know what it feels like when people ignore us, right? When people don't talk to us. Then we go home and we start thinking, why do they not talk to us? Do they not like me anymore? Blah, blah, blah. God doesn't think that. But of course, his heart will hurt when we don't respond to his call, right? So going back to the scripture in 1 Kings 19, we see a pa- There are a few things I want to unpack At the very beginning, in verse 9, God asks Elijah a question. Elijah, what are you doing here? Okay, so let's just keep that in our minds and let's move on. It says, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of God, for the Lord is about to pass by. This is what's great. There was a powerful wind, there was an earthquake, there was a fire. And God was not in any of these things. Here's another point. A lot of times when we enter into the place of worship or when we enter into a place of prayer with God, we're expecting him to give us a loud, crazy response, right? We wait for the prophets to come up here and lay their hands on our head and say, hey, kid, this is your future. This is what's going to happen to you next, right? We wait for the very dramatic responses from God. And here what I'm encouraging you today is we, we don't need that. Will God work in that way? Absolutely. Will he give you very obvious signs? Absolutely. But for our day-to-day Christian walk, he wants to speak to you in a gentle whisper, right? One thing psychology say, I learned this a few weeks ago, one thing psychologists say is, if you spend 16 minutes a day, complete silence, and empty your mind of everything, your thoughts and your brain start to reorganize, Okay, naturally, the thoughts in your mind start to reorganize. The reason why people, you know, uh, have memory loss and things are because they don't take that time to give their brain a break. So 16 minutes a day. So I was challenged then to think in these 16 minutes, what if I were to just sit in the presence of God? Not praying, not singing, not anything, just sitting there, Empty my mind and just sit there in awe of God. Imagine the kind of miracles that would happen in your head. Imagine the kind of miracles that would happen in your life. Amen? Um, another scripture that really encouraged me um, when I was, I was learning about this was, there's that verse, right? I come and stand at the door and knock. If anyone would ju- were just to open that door. Again, it's that concept of Intimacy. We won't just open the door to a stranger, right? But Jesus, he's calling us his father, his friend, our beloved, and he's standing at the door of our hearts and he's just knocking. And he's saying, if anyone were to let me in, again, there's a desperation in his voice. Absolutely anyone that's willing to hear my voice, I will come in and I will speak. Amen? Amen. And so coming back to the scripture, after all of this, after we get the revelation of the fact that he spoke in a gentle whisper, that verse we read at the beginning, God asks Elijah the same question again, Elijah, what are you doing here? And so what I believe happened in that time period was that Elijah's heart got shifted. Initially, when God asked him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah responded with his, with his mind. He, he responded with his knowledge, with his understanding. And then God reminded him, look, I want you to take a break and I want you to really listen to me. And then he asked again, Elijah, what are you doing here? And I believe what happened was Elijah, again, he drew into intimacy. I believe in that time frame, Elijah drew in and he opened his ears. He opened his heart. He opened his mind. He responded the same way. But the difference is the second time God responded differently. Amen? So before I end, I just want to um, point out two more things, just two points. God is an ever-present and an all-knowing God. Okay, relating to something I said earlier, right? He knows our weaknesses. He knows our frustrations. He knows our sorrows. He is ever-present and all-knowing. So even if, here's the thing, even if you don't come and tell him, hey, God, I'm, I'm struggling through this, he knows already. The difference is, again, he wants a confession with our mouth, right? And point number two, he interacts with us with a full knowledge of who we are. And what I, I don't know about you, but I believe that God understands my humor. I believe that God understands the things that break my heart. I believe that God understands the things that make me angry. So I think when God speaks to me, it's going to be like me talking to a friend. Because, you know, growing up, I always thought in the Old Testament, you know how God talks to his people with thee and thou and art and all that, you know, Old Testament language. But I believe God is willing to say, hey, Joanna, what's up? Because that's my language. You might be a person that says, hi, how are you? How's it going? That might be how God speaks to you. He speaks to you in your language. That's the kind of God he is. Amen? So I want to encourage you, church, um, even as you're driving to work, as you're driving to school, if you're sitting in a time of just you don't have anything else to do, I know you can go online, go on Facebook, you can go on Twitter and find something to do. But I just want to encourage you, even if it's that 16 minutes, just sit and rest in his presence and just say, God, what do you want to speak to me today? And I, as I wrap up, I just want to um, give you one story. Um, I actually haven't shared this with my family either, but a few weeks ago when I started school um, in my anatomy class, I asked God, Lord, again, this was after that um, conference about hearing the voice of God. So I thought, okay, let's be intentional about what we're learning from the scripture. So I said, okay, God, you know, I'm here. It's a large room. I want you to seat me where you want me to sit. I don't want to sit where I'm comfortable sitting, but I want you to kind of take me where you want me to sit. So I'm just looking around and I found one spot and I, and I just felt I'll go sit there. So I sat there first day, second day, nothing. And so I, I was starting to question myself. I've been maybe like, I thought of that myself. That was probably just me. Third day came around, and this girl walks into the class. She looks like she hasn't brushed her hair in days, okay? And she smells bad. And I was like, what is going on? So first day, honestly, I didn't talk to her because I was so, like, like, confused. Like, why is she like this? Second day, she came in, sat in the same spot. So I thought, okay, you know, might as well just have a conversation with her. So I asked her her name, I asked her her major, and all that kind of stuff. And we just met, so I didn't want to immediately say, what's wrong with you? You know, I didn't want to be like, why is your hair like that? Why do you smell like that? But for some reason, God was just like, ask her, um, just ask her how she's doing. Don't ask her about her day. Ask her about how she's doing. So I, And so then, like, I turned over. It was lecture. We were taking a break, so I looked over at her, and I was like, you know, how's life? Like, what's going on? You know, just very casually, just, you know, usually when you ask that question, people talk about their family. They talk about, you know, where they go to church, things like that. For some reason, this girl just started, like, her eyes just started tearing up, and my heart started racing. I was like, oh, God, what are we going to do now? <laughs> and she immediately told me, she was like, well, it's not been too fun at home. Um, my, I it's she's the eldest, and she's two other siblings. They're younger. Um, it's not been too fun at home. My parents are um, really close to divorce, and I have two younger, two younger siblings, and we all stay in the house together. Um, but the funny thing is, my parents start arguing once we all go to bed. Okay, so they think the kids are all asleep, and they start arguing. And she was like, "I'm still awake." And there's no way I can sleep knowing that they're arguing in the next room. The words she said was, "I can hear the vibration of their screams through my through the walls of my room." By then, my eyes are like tearing up because I can't imagine what she's going. And she said, "There are mornings mom doesn't make breakfast because she's upset. She's still sleeping. There are days where my dad just goes to school and not ask how we're getting to school. He just leaves." So she is at home taking care of her siblings and also taking the burden of listening to her parents argue. And so, I mean, I'm not a genius or anything about, you know, how marriage works or how to help her in the situation. So I just said, can I pray for you? I didn't know if she was a Christian or not, but I just asked, can I pray with you? And so I prayed with her, and in my heart, I just felt God saying she needs to know that she's loved. Because when her parents aren't, paying attention to her of course she's gonna feel like she's not loved so God was like remind her that I'm pursuing her in love so at this point I'm crying and praying okay and we're in the lecture hall and so I just told her look I don't know if you go to church you know I don't know what you believe in but I believe in a God that gave his everything for me okay and his love he loves like a father." When you don't have a father, when you don't have a mother, when you don't have a friend, he loves, he takes place of that. And she just sits there like, again, she's just crying the entire time. So at the end of um, that, we ended that conversation. I prayed for her, I gave her a hug, and we're just sitting there. We finished lecture, and as I'm heading out, I gave her my number, and I said, you know, if you ever need me to pray with you, just let me know. And I can I can easily tell you all That experience only happened because I had come out of that previous weekend hearing about, okay, God wants to talk to me, and my willingness to open my mind to say, okay, God, tell me what you want to speak. Okay? And it's not, again, it's not by my mind. I told you, I didn't know how to respond. It was God pushing me to tell her that God loves her that tipped her off the edge. Right? So I want to encourage you all, it doesn't have to be someone you know. This girl, I have never seen her in my life. You might be standing in line for Starbucks, you might be getting gas and there's a person on the other side and God might push you to do something, God might push you to say something and I don't want you all to stand away because you think it's weird because let me tell you that's not what Jesus did. The way of Jesus was, he sat with the sinners, correct? He sat with the people that mocked him. He had conversations with people who would have denied him. And so us as Christians, as children of of God, right, we are called to live the same way. Yesterday, we went to a conference yesterday, and the pastor was saying, we have nothing to sing if we don't live our lives like Christ lived. We have this book because Christ decided to live radically. Because he went out of his way to help, he went out of his way to serve. And so I want to encourage you, I'm wrap, this is it, I'm wrapping up, but I want to encourage you all, in any moment, just say, Lord, what do you want to speak to me? What do you want to say to me? That might be a word for you, it might be a word for someone else, right? But just be willing to surrender to what he's saying. Amen? Amen. Um, I hope this was a, uh, an encouraging word for you. I know it's something, a topic, again, that we all know about, but it's good to remember. It's good to remember, again, why we are Christians, why we are called into the faith.
0: Amen. I'm pretty sure about one thing. God is beckoning us for a very personal relationship with him. We, um, When I was preparing for the message last week, that's exactly the thought that God put in my heart to talk about that falling in love with Jesus. This Friday, when we had the home group meeting, Bonnie came and he talked about listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obeying it, just walking behind him. One picture that he put together that day was you know, if small children, if you left, let Abigail lead us, let's take her to a park, right? and then let her go in front of us, just holding our hands. She will not walk through the trail or anything. She will just go all over the place, right? But if we hold her and walk ahead of her, we will be following the trail. That's what Bonnie was saying. That's exactly what happens if we try to go ahead of God and do things. We will be all over the place. We will mess up. Definitely we will mess up. But if we let Holy Spirit hold our hands and walk ahead of us, things will be okay. Right? So let's, let's be very intentional to um, listen to God. And as you were saying, the, the callous part of our heart, that is exactly what is going on. Believe it or not. You agree or not. Our heart many times have become so hard that it is not responding. When Jesus calls us, it is not responding, right? When we get when we get married, love is so much. Oh my goodness, we won't even go anywhere with, with, without the other person. We will not sit without the other person. Everywhere we are together. After two years, three years, five years, who cares, right? I mean, we just, give me give me some time alone. That is many times the attitude. So let us honestly respond back to God in that call that God is giving us. Let's make sure that we are intentional about spending time with God. Amen? 16 minute rule that he's, she said, I, I was hearing to that, mess, that, that, that teaching. And I tried after that to spend 16 minutes without thinking about anything. Just listening to the noise around and all that kind of stuff. I could not. One minute, my hand is reaching out. Where's my phone? Did something come? Something interesting happening? I kept the phone away. I'm sitting. I cannot focus. You try, honestly try. 16 minutes is that she's a, she has a lot of education. She's, she has a doctorate in psychology, and she's a Christian lady. She was talking to a pastor about what is happening to the Christian world. Now, as Kunjangal was saying during the, the, the Bible study time last week, there is so much of technology and things that are happening these days that we, are, we cannot free up our mind. We cannot take time to speak to God. We get up in the morning, sit on the bed and say, Jesus, I'm going. You come with me and we are out of the bed. We don't have any time to ask, Jesus, what's up? Is there anything good for me today? What, what, what am I supposed to do? We lost it. So I honestly, honestly, honestly believe that Jesus is calling all of our hearts back to God. Back to that first love with Jesus. Let's respond to it.